Hello, friends, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Squad Pod. <laughs> My name is Maddox Jr., and I will be your host for the week. This week on the pod, we will be going back in time to World War II and dropping them bombs in Battlefield Five. But before we get into hot dropping into that firestorm, this is his podcast. Our director and producer, Kevin Asex. How's it going, Kevin? I know. I'm, I'm the director. I'm the producer. I'm... The dictator, I am the president, all that stuff, you know. I make He said before the show, this is my podcast. He looked us dead in the eye and was like, this is my podcast, don't mess it up. So remember that, folks listening out there. That's what he said to us. What's wrong? What's wrong with me just taking over this podcast? I mean, Take it over. Do it, Kevin. It's all you. The owner just left and, you know, made his own other podcast over there, you know. Some small-time podcast. Oh, look at me. I'm Mike. I got X-Cast. I'm so cool. (laughs) (laughs) well we're off to a great start clearly and next we have showing us how it's done and going pro in pga 2k21 the white claw wizard washburn up dude i'm out here on the links you know what i mean just killing it it killing the game shooting shooting i think you're gonna say say mike is the PGA no, Washburn's going pro, dude. Washburn's going pro. Augusta, you know what I mean? Augusta. I'm, I'm, I'm going you know how way. to spell Augusta, Mike. We clearly found out I do not, folks. Yep, it's a tough one. That might have been Mike's intro, but I have a much better one. He is the captain of our flight coming out of Lake Tahoe, doing all the spins, flips, and tricks in the airplane. Captain Snowbike Mike. Everybody you take your seats. Fashion your seatbelts. Trade tables up in their locked positions because we're taking a flight here on the squad pod for sure. I like that one, Maddox. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that. You got to buckle that seatbelt tight if you're in. Uh, oh, you like better. Mike, uh... I just, I just wouldn't get in the plane, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like a roller coaster dude. before you take off in the station. You're like double checking to make sure it's locked in there. You're like, are you sure this is on? And I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Crash <laughs> landing immediately. Dry it off. Yeah. <laughs> We need five prime harnesses in his airplanes, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, you can catch us every week on the Snowbike Mike Gaming channel or on podcast services around the globe. Be sure to like, subscribe, smash that button, alert. You know, all the important stuff. Uh, so starting out, we're going to talk about the games we've been playing. And we've been playing a few. And we were, we've been hyper-addicted to a few. Let's start out with the Captain. Microsoft Flight Simulator. All right, I'll kick it off, Maddox. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator came out this year, or came out this week. It's, uh, wow, it's a doozy. It's an incredible game on PC only. Uh, they are touting it to come over to Xbox Series X, be a killer launch title. I think we're all going to be pretty high on this game. But of course, if you don't know what Microsoft Flight Simulator is, I'll do my best to give you a quick rundown. Of course, it is just a flying simulator game. You can have all the difficulty you want and making sure you're pressing the buttons, checking your altitude, checking your gauges, checking your your fuel, blah, blah, blah. But the big thing they're touting, of course, it is the globe. You can fly anywhere without any restrictions, without any loading screens, take off from your favorite airports, your favorite cities, your favorite coordinates, and fly anywhere and do anything. And I got to say, they killed it. They absolutely crushed this video game. It is all that and more. And it's something special. I really enjoy it, guys. Yeah, yeah. I've had fun with it, too. Uh, I think there are a couple of things I still want to do, because pretty much all I've done sure. is 
is fly over places of interest to me. And I, and I think that's a lot of what, you know, most people have done is just, just getting a, a manageable air an aircraft and put it on like an easier mode and, and fly over, you know, places of interest. Like I flew over my college. I flew over where I went to high school, my parents' house, stuff like that. Uh, but there are still things I do want to do. Like I've, I still haven't landed a plane. Oh, I don't think I have either. <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, eventually I do want to get in there and, and go from point A to point B um, and, and land a plane. And, and something else I want to do is fly the, the 747, which I still haven't flown. And oh, I've flown it and take it up to, you know, 30,000 feet or however high those things go and, and do a little, you know, Dallas to Lubbock flight or, or, you know, San Francisco to L.A. flight and go from point A to point B on one of those. I think that'd be a whole lot of fun. For sure. Uh, it's It's quite the experience. The fact that you can just go anywhere on the world, it doesn't even take that long to load, considering. Mm -hmm. And you can't really tell that it is loading as you fly along, which is also incredible because it's generating the entire map of the world. Um, I flew over my house. I flew with uh, Snowbike Mike from Lake Tahoe to Reno. That was special. We landed the plane, sort of. (laughs) It's called an endo landing. Okay, look it up. I made it up. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. (laughs) Um, but the fact that you can just like fly over and talk about what you're going over because mm-hmm. you're familiar with it is super cool. Like Mike yeah. giving us all the Lake Tahoe facts and then just going to like different places that have landmarks. Like I've started out over the Statue of Liberty. We flew down town, New York City. It was kind of fun. It's yeah. very cool. Mm-hmm. And all the buildings are generated 3D models. They look pretty good. Um, considering that they didn't really do a lot of extra work, I don't think, to, on top of like the Bing map set up for some of the areas. Um, they definitely did for like the Pyramids of Giza. And, like there's points on the map that are like yellow stars, I think. Yeah, those are the ones they put the the really big time time and crafting mm-hmm. into. Those are the but, special yeah, spots. which is interesting because something I did was um, I flew you know around New Zealand and. I wanted to fly over like Mount Doom, you know, from Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings. And uh, it, you could tell it was Mount Doom, but like, it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was photo real. But I, yeah. you know, I, I thought a little more effort could have gone into that specifically. And um, But I, it would be cool to to fly over like the pyramids or, or some of those yellow star places as well. But I haven't done that yet. When you're flying at the eight to 10,000 foot range and you're just looking over landscapes or like flying over mountains it's very cool looking mm-hmm. um, and it does it definitely like when you get closer obviously the graphic fidelity is like a little bit more clearly not as good but when you're at like if you're like really playing this game you'd be like you would be very impressed by everything you flew over i would say i agree with that i like that comparison right there and you can definitely tell i mean it's tough to knock this game on being like oh man the the trees and the graphics or like my house isn't the right house like in all honesty like it is the world your house is there sure it might be a different looking block than like whatever color your house is painted as but like it's honestly like almost one-to-one you go over a city you're gonna see all those streets you're gonna see those houses and it looks pretty close i mean it does you know it takes the shine off when you get that close like maddox saying if you're flying 500 feet above houses like i was you know it looks kind of weird but when you're at 3,000, 8,000, it looks cool as can be looking down. Sure. 
Mm-hmm. And when you're flying, like when you're flying over Boulder, like the tallest building in Boulder is like 10 stories maybe. And there's only like two 10 story buildings in Boulder. So you have a bunch of, it looks just like so good because it's not trying to like generate huge buildings. It's just like you look down and you've got like the football field and you got the flat irons and you got the highway and whatever. And it, it all just looks very impressive. It's yeah. quite a feat that they've accomplished, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And I, it'll be fun to play it on console as well or, you know, just to see what the performance is like. So yeah, for sure, it's exciting. I think this it's cool that it's as console. big as I think it's cool that it's as big as it is. Like it made it the splash the size that it did. You know what I mean? Because it, it's just a flight sim. Like, yeah, we, we've seen this time and time again. But I guess people are kind of hungry for that. And the way that it does render the whole planet and you can go to those places of interest and they are there. Like Mike said, like my parents' house was there. It wasn't the same color, but it was there. You know, it, my high school was there. It looked correct. Um, it had like my old high school logo. Uh, you know, my college was there too, and it looked pretty accurate. So all that stuff is really fun. And and I've had a good time with it and I do want to go back to it. And something else that was fun is we actually got in a session together. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I was going to mention Kevin, that. uh, was there too. And, and yeah, you can actually fly around with a group of people. So that, that's something we should try to do as well. Yeah. We, I think we did it after you were asleep one night, uh, Washburn. Um, yeah, we've done, we've done the party mode stuff before, oh, uh, which is super cool. Was joined us and JD, I think. Mm-hmm. and we were flying just to random landmarks and then mike was changing the time and i'd be like halfway across the world and it'd go from nighttime to light or mm. dark to light and i'd be like well i guess i'm not gonna find that landmark after all yeah. i was like looking for the uh the mount rushmore just to see if it was like done at all or if it was just like gonna be flat mm-hmm. and my uh area went dark so i was like well i guess i'll give up on that for now i'll have to go back and try and track it down yeah, that's Kevin. one that should definitely be stated of like you can set the time, it can go by your real clock time, and then like the different weather. weather weather patterns too. Like that should yeah. definitely be stated of like you can fully customize this to experience some incredible stuff, or you can just fly what it's like outside, which is really awesome with the dynamic weather. But like the idea of changing night to day, changing sunny, raining, snowy to clouds and stuff, like that's a really cool idea as well. They put a lot of time and effort into this. We'll have to try and like take off and land in like a furious storm sometime. I think. Kevin, that what are your fun. thoughts? I can barely run this game on my computer. Mm. <laughs> I yeah. tried that one time with you guys to get that multiplayer working, and yeah. when I launched it, it was only running at fifteen frames a second. So yeah, it's a hot. Mm. It wasn't. I didn't have the best of time, so I can't really say. I can't. Even, I don't really have an opinion for it. It, it looks sure. fun. I really want to get a better PC or just wait for the Series X, play the, play around and fly around. But at this moment, it's a beefer on my computer. It, it doesn't doesn't want to really want to run as well as I would have thought. And it's, Kevin, mm-hmm. you have a ten seventy with an i five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that's not really a slouch of a computer either. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've I've got a 2070 with the i7, and it runs fine. Like, I can't turn it up to ultra. It, no. It's just not something I could do. And I think even on Mike's PC, which is pretty much top of the line, he it recommended he play it on on high. On well. high, yep. And uh, so, yeah, that's 
it's a it's a resource hog for sure and i think it's really heavy on on the cpu specifically yeah um, so yeah th there's there's that about it but again that's just another reason why on the series x i think it's gonna be a whole lot of fun did you yeah. see the data one though here's one we should talk about is uh they recommended people with like certain data caps with their internet be really mm. mindful and like set a cap for themselves because it will burn through your internet data. Mm, and we burns. tested that with Flirple, me and Maddox. <laughs> and like he started at whatever it was like 15, whatever number you want to put to it. But like we played for like 30 minutes and it was triple the number. Then we went to that and it was sucking up data to try to render all these maps, suck up with Bing and try to link everything up together. Like it was fun to watch how much data this is using in a fun way, you know, I'm sure in an internet way for other people. That's going to be a big question mark there. So, there are settings. Yeah. Go ahead, Kev. I was say, Mike, I was there for with you when that happened. And it was because Flirpo turned on these other settings that were like. Oh, no. It's because we wanted to test it. I yeah, know that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's but, something you should keep an eye on because that was wild to see. But, I mean, at least it lets you turn off some of those settings to, like, to keep down the data usage, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For yeah, sure. agree. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. So it was just cool. Look, it's good for three, like because you can turn off like three D building generation and mm -hmm. like the photo photogrammetry, which like kind of gives everything its texture for like the buildings and uh, mountains and stuff. And I think so. You can turn that off, and when you do, I think it won't look as good. But you will still be playing a flight simulator if your goal is to play a flight simulator. So, yeah, perfect game for the yeah. time it is. Mm -hmm. It's a good release yeah. window for it, and yeah, um, especially how we're all stuck inside. It's the perfect yeah. way of like now you can quote unquote fake travel around. You know, you get in the plane, you and your friends, you go travel somewhere, look at the landmarks. Like it is pretty cool, especially where we are now. And I think it's also awesome to think about like think of the kids now of like their parents might not be able to take them on vacation or like ever get to travel the world like this. Now it's like hey, through the power of Game Pass on PC and on Xbox Series X, like. We're going to fly over the pyramids of Giza. We're going to go check out the Eiffel Tower. Big Ben we did down the L London River. That was fun. So, yeah, I think it will be a really cool learning tool as well. For if sure. Properly, of course. Next on our list, uh, Kevin Asex played a little bit of that Tony Hawk. You want to talk about your Tony Hawk experience, Kevin? Look, I got this game because I was so embarrassed on how Mike's run was going. He's like, oh, I can't get enough speed, you know. I can't, I don't know, nine hundred's impossible with this guy. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna see how how it goes. Guess what, Mike? I was pulling out nine hundreds left and right, dude. I'm going down the ramp, nine hundred, back down, another nine hundred, dude. It was too easy, dude. I was like, does this guy Mike know how to play this game, or is he just does he just want a skate game? What's going on over here, dude? This game feels exactly like the old Tony Hawk games, and I knew exactly what to do and how to gain speed and how to connect those mm. combos. So it was really fun. I really like that demo. I can't wait for the full release and just show Mike how it's really done, you know? How do how you really skate out there? It was nice. Is this yeah, a, a cool demo for sure? What'd you say? Is this a $60 title? 40 40 oh, Okay. Yeah, that's... 30 Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. it's worth, for, right. worth the price. Right. Yeah, I mean, I both mean, games remastered. Yeah, there's From, just there's no way they could have priced it at sixty, especially yeah. with Avengers, you know, right around the corner. I I feel like you know they were aware of that, and yeah, thirty thirty. I mean, thirty to me seems like a good price point for this game. Forty 
yeah, I guess that's fine as well. But with with it's right now, I mean, it's heating up right now. You've got Avengers right around the corner. You've got Cyberpunk the month and a half after that, and uh, probably a couple other big releases I'm I'm missing. But sixty dollars games right now that you know one we're about to talk about is it's just a lot to ask in the fall. It is for sure. But I, I, but, I see it as a see that game. I know you said thirty is the best price for that, but I see I do I still see it as two games into one. So like twenty bucks for the both those games. I think that was worth it. And the graphics comparisons between like the old one and the new one, like they did a lot of work. I oh, yeah. and I respect that. Oh yeah, visually it's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like. I don't know how much I'll play of it, but I do think I'll definitely give it a try at some point. Mike, are you going back to it? of course i'll go back to it when it releases i was just disappointed in the demo that they gave you tony hawk at base level stats right and for somebody that was never good at tony hawk games comboing clearing that warehouse gap right there you can barely clear the warehouse gap and i understand kevin you with your pro maneuvers can but like when you look at it right people have to buy this game to get the demo so it's not like hey people are getting their first impressions it is a remake but I would have liked to go into the demo to have a better time. Give me a little bit boosted Tony Hawk here. Like, let's be able to spin faster. Let's be able to grind a little bit longer. Let's get some more speed attributes. I don't know why we had to go super base with it and struggle. Mind you, it's only it's the warehouse level only set at two minutes. There's nothing else but just score time. So you're just sitting there. It's not much play value here with the demo itself, but I mean, to make it fun, why not boost it a little bit? That's what all I'm saying. So, boost uh, a little bit. Uh, one note, you can only get this demo if you buy it, buy it digitally. If you pre-order yeah. physically, you can't have it, which is weird. I don't know why they did that. that is- but uh, also, Mike, you can enable cheats in that demo, too. I don't know if you ever saw that. I don't know how to do cheats in a Tony Hawk game that was 20 yep. years ago, Kevin. Of no. course I don't remember that. No, it's in the options. Like You could just turn it on. Like, you oh, know, well, perfect grind, what, oh, gonna, perfect more air. Let's start tomorrow. Here we go. <laughs> I just noticed that too. Yeah. <laughs> just say this is a perfect run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my question is, is, as we are the squad pod after all, are we going to be able to squad up for this? Is there any online multiplayer functionality? Do we know? I was just looking at that. Yeah. And it, yeah, it looks like there will be. Um, it doesn't give us a number. Uh, on how many people uh, it should say can go at the same time let me check um i'm sure if you look at it on steam it might it might give you but from just from what i'm seeing it's not giving so, me a number local multiplayer you can have two people online mm-hmm. multiplayer two to eight. eight two to eight nice that's solid actually yeah that's like big that. that's a big deal mm-hmm. I, you, you can know. do like all like the spot challenges and stuff right mm-hmm. yeah and i'm guessing they'll have like a free skate where there's no time limit and you can just skate around for however long you want which there's yeah, only one of those modes so i am reading that they are going to have like the classic graffiti mode um, oh nice so go being able to go like four on four graffiti mode might actually be a lot of fun see that kind of convinces me more that i should buy it because playing with my friends will definitely increase my enjoyment of this video game i think i mean it's either this or skater xl yeah, that's true. And Skater Axel is, and I something. know Mike hooks some gnarly like sick tricks, clips. sick tricks. You know, seven twenties uh, or seventeen uh, twenties. You know, and just it's so ill. Mike's throwing up left and right, but ill. That's the funniest. <laughs> I love that clip. 
this game will be a lot of fun, especially us coming off of Wave Break, where it's combo base. And I always say I'm more of a st- skate guy, but like this is going to be fun to bring back the old Tony Hawk days. They're adding in new characters, which you know and love. And I'm really excited to see what this has got. And of course, for 40 bucks, like, does nostalgia play a factor for you? If it does, then this game is going to be for you. Like, if you're call- you're hankering for an old school Tony Hawk combo skater, like, here we go. We're right back into it, and it looks good, and it plays good. And that's all anybody could ask for, right? Yeah. What it is. All right. right. Next on our list of games we played this week, we have PGA Tour 2K21. Ooh. Washburn, you want to take us through it? Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> There's there's really not much to say about this game if if you've ever played a golf game before. That's um, true. It's it's not Tiger Woods. It's I would say it's a little bit more you know simulation based than than Tiger Woods was, or I guess the Rory later. Um, but I'm I'm enjoying it, and we've been playing it a lot the the past couple days. It came out on Tuesday, and we've pretty much been playing it nonstop. I thought it came out on like Friday. Did it come out on Thursday? Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, it came out on Thursday night and we've been playing it all weekend. Like it we we were having a lot of fun with this game. We all have different opinions on what the price tag is and should be. Um but ca- character customizations there, it's it's a little bit more shallow than I want it to be, uh specifically with the RPG elements. Uh, you you are leveling up your your character, but you're not really unlocking any skill points or making them better in in any way, shape, or form. All of the stats are club based, and so if you you go in your career mode, you play events, you earn virtual currency. You use that virtual currency to either buy clothes or clubs, and clubs are what are going to change your stats around, make the game feel a little bit different. Um, the thing that surprises me the most with this game is how timing based it is. So it's, it's not like a traditional golf game where it's the three button press. Like if if you've ever played everybody's golf, you know what I'm talking about? You, you press a, the thing goes over to the side, you press a, when it hits the side, you press a again, when it comes back and hits the line, this is just a, a flick of the stick. But what they've done with that flick of the stick is make it very, very sensitive and very timing based. So if you flick it forward too fast, you're going to shank it. If you go too slow, you're going to shank it. It has to be a, a properly paced uh, flick forward. And you can choose whether to put that on your left stick or right stick. Um, but it, it's a little bit more shallow than I want it to be. But other than that, I, I, I'm having a really, really good time with it. Yeah, I echo all of that. I really am impressed by this game. Uh, first night, I didn't know what to think of it. By the end of that first night into the second night, I was sold on this, right? We were having a ton of fun playing golf together, especially coming from the squad where, like, we're known for just playing a lot of first-person shooter, high-octane, you know, multiplayer games. It is nice to just shift gears down into low and just relax, play some golf, and laugh amongst ourselves. It does feel, especially it's heightened with quarantine times and all of us being away, right? Like, we actually never get to hang together. So it's really cool to be like, let's play golf. It feels like we're actually walking the course, laughing at each other's bad shots, hanging out together. So it is really a great time to pass the time and just enjoy each other's company. On the golf side, like Washburn said, I'm a little unimpressed. It's missing the pageantry is what I called it of Tiger Woods, right? That 
that showmanship, the colors, the, you know, all of the clothing options, all of the courses, it feels like it's missing that. But when you really look at the gameplay, the gameplay is there, right? It is fine-tuned, like Washburn said. It is a dedicated sim, and I like it, right? It's different than Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, where you would pull back and shoot forward, and then all of a sudden, you'd start smashing A and trying to spin the ball sideways and stuff. There's none of that gimmicky stuff. It comes down to, here's the buttons, this is how it goes, now start playing golf, and I like that. I like that challenge. Mm -hmm. And the difficulty options are significant. It is something I, you know, well, we haven't where you haven't talked about, but we will talk about is how how much of a difference it it is going from amateur to to pro am to semi pro to pro or whatever the options are. Uh, like last night, for instance, we went into a what is called a society, which is essentially just a. <laughs> we've been laughing at that, but bad name, it, yeah, it's a horrible <laughs> name. Uh, but essentially, these are just online clubs where where you can host tournaments and. We we joined the official 2K21 society and and me and Mike went in and played a tournament and it was set to I, I guess that was the hardest setting. Had yeah, to be. And, had to be. And we were just I think I went seven over. Mike, you had a little bit tougher of a time because uh, we we were so used to playing on whatever setting we chose, which is, I think is just amateur. Yeah, and, and you get a putt preview every single time. Yeah. Taking that away, definitely. Yeah, so it limits like your putt previews, which is like this little white line that shows you where your ball is going to go on the green. Um, and then it it really, really trims down the forgiveness on on the timing. So again, it it's just makes that uh, flick forward of the stick very, very sensitive. And if you're off by even just a little bit, you're going to get punished. And I think that was that was really, really interesting. Another thing it did on that difficulty was it, it brought elevation uh, into the mix. So on, on amateur difficulty, we haven't really had to worry about elevation, whether or not the green is a certain you know amount of feet higher than where you are, say, on the fairway or in a bunker. Uh, on, the, on the higher difficulty settings, that, is, that makes a huge difference. And you have to, like, club up to to hit a ball up to a higher elevation or change your shot type. And there are a lot of different shot types. So yeah, the difficulty options are a plenty and outside of that, I mean, there's, there's not too much customization, which is where the game just falls a little bit short for me. Yeah. It, it does a really good job of reminding me of Microsoft flight simulator and how we've talked about that, right? The different difficulties, if you really want to get into it, if you want to set it at that beginner pace and play it like it's GTA where you're flipping the planes around, like here, right? It's like you put it on the easier modes, it will feel more like that easier golf simulator that you've played with Tiger Woods, right? And then you can get in deeper and it's like a whole different level and it really pushes you. And I like that dynamic of like, this game is made for, hey, you want to go easy, play it on easy, but you're still learning the basics, fundamentals to get you up to that next level when you're ready for it. And man, oh man, it feels, it It was punishing. I shot 33 over. Washburn, thanks for not saying my score. I appreciate you, you know, saving me that pain. But uh, it feels like you can do it, right? Like Washburn mm -hmm. came out of that tournament and was like, if I practice, I could do this. And I felt the same way, right? Like at the first two holes, I shot under two. And I'm like, okay, like, I think I can handle this. Sure, I blew up and imploded the next couple holes. But like, I felt like, hey, 
if I practice and I kept playing this and the enjoyment that I do get out of it, I could play on the next level. And I like that. I like that challenge. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I think that's just the draw of sports games in general, right? That That's not exclusive to a PGA game. That's the same can be said for an NBA 2K or, or a Madden FIFA or UFC no, ma- no matter what sports games you're playing, you know, if you feel like if you can really learn the rhythm, get the tempo down, um, you're, you're going to be feeling a lot more confident in the game. For sure. I had a great time with it. Um, it it's definitely like you said, all the all, I echo all the sentiments about the gameplay. Um, the online society thing, I think, is pretty cool because we can all just set up a tournament with however many holes we want and it will have a leaderboard and as many people can join our society as we want, I believe. So um, it's pretty cool to just have like an ongoing leaderboard for that. It's a bummer that we can't run more than one event at a time. It's just kind of annoying a little quirk. Hopefully they can patch that or something or like yeah. make it easier to run multiple events. Cause sometimes we want to play like multiple rounds in the same day. And that would be a nice option. I think another thing that goes into that too is like, why is this game capped at four players? Oh yeah. Like in in a traditional, in a traditional, you know, uh, like private match in PGA 2K, you're, you're capped at four. Why, why, why is that the case? I mean, NBA 2K, you can, I mean, yeah, in NBA 2K, you can have up to 10 players on, on the same server and this being a golf game. And it's just, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people like us who have, enough people that we, we would be able to fill out the eight to 10 person lobby. Uh, it, it's just a shame that it's capped at that traditional four. And this is something that bothers me more and more as time goes on with, with games, either trimming down those, those player caps or, or just staying stagnant at, at three or four. Like we got to get into a mindset where we're expanding the, these lobbies and, and allowing us to bring more people in. Yeah, especially with golf in this situation where you can set it where we watch everybody swing and stuff. But, like, in this situation where it's a party mode type feel and you have a bunch of friends, like, we're just swinging away. It's like golf with your friends where everybody swings. So it's like, why not add more people into the lobby and let's just have some more fun with it, you know? Like, we're all going to get there anyways. Let's just open it up a little bit. That is interesting and a good point there, Washburn, for sure. Kevin, you got a little bit of a late start. What were your impressions of the golf game? Let me tell you this. You guys were like, it's not worth the money. It's not worth the money. And then I hear you guys chuckling and laughing over here, having a great time. And I was like, I think it's worth the money if you guys are just having a fun time. Because I was going to get this before. I was going to pre-order this as as well. Like I think you guys pre-ordered, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was going to pre-order. But I was like, I'm going to wait a bit to see what the gameplay really looks like. And then I just... I think I should have just pre-ordered. I, I wanted to play a golf game for such a long time. And then you guys playing it made me feel like, man, I should really just play this. Because I just wanted to play, just have a, a sports game to play every once in a while. And golf is easier to play than, like, I don't know, Madden and or FIFA or something. That doesn't give me, like, all ragey because I'm just, my team yeah. sucks, this and that. But, yeah, this game, it was good so far. I'm only doing amateur and it's i gotta get used to it i'm not used to it yet i I do mess up here and there but yeah i i I like it as you improve your clubs kevin it also gets it significantly easier in my opinion yeah i still need to buy clubs and i i just don't have enough money for that and that's the tough part i guess i need need to do more of that uh career mode 
Yeah. Something else that's that that is worth mentioning is the course creator. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know if you guys have messed around in it at all. Uh, I had I, I messed around with it a little bit. Um, and I, it's one of the best features in this game. Uh, the, the course creator is, is sort of ridiculous in a sense of it can be as simple or as complex as you want it to be. So you go in in this course creator, you choose a theme, whether that's desert, tropical, mountains. And then you there are like a handful of sliders, like how many trees do you want on the course? How many bunkers? How much water? You, you adjust those sliders up and down. When you're done with all that, it goes in and it generates a course for you, which which is really, really cool. And then after that, if you want to go in and fine tune that course and change, you know, add a divot here, bend the fairway there, change the hole however you want to change it. Those options are available to you as well. So the the course creators really, really neat. And I think what they've done with that is very interesting. Um uh, and one one last thing, and I know I'm going on, but the Go on. the um this game is the golf club. Like, yeah, if if you've played the golf club 2019, you've you've pretty much played PGA 2K21. And I think the reason this game even exists is probably because EA lost lost that license, and and 2K was able to go to HB Studios, the developer, and say, hey, let's let's uh let you guys do what, what you want to do and, and we'll slap the PGA brand on it. Uh, we'll sell a ton of copies because everybody's just so starving for a good golf game. And this game's doing really well in the UK this weekend, uh, just, just selling a buttload of copies. And I'm sure it's doing pretty well over here too. But it, this is the conversation we have to get into is, is this game worth $60? And for me, if you are starving for for a golf game and you're the type of person like i am where you have to have the newest thing like it like as soon as you know nba 2k21 comes out i have to have that because i'm not going to go back and play 2k20 when i know that there's a newer better version out there if if you're that type of person and and you just want a golf game yeah i'd say this game is worth 60 dollars because I can dump hours and hours and hours into this game on stream, off stream by myself with you guys, because it is that type of a game where it's, you just sit back and you play it. And, and before you know it, hours have gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been having this conversation and is, you know, there are a lot of games coming out right now in the fall and, and Avengers right around the corner. Tony Hawk's right around the corner. Do, do you guys think this game is worth $60? I'll, for, I'll go first on that. Man, I can yeah. think you're going to go first. What do you got? Uh, you for me, I think yes is the answer just because the amount I'm going to play it and the fact that I can just play with you guys is great. Yeah, I'm going to be very similar on that one. I, I do believe that the $60 price tag for some, like if you're not into golf, like Washburn just said, right? Like, are you looking for a golf game? Are you looking to play the newest, latest, and greatest, right? If you're somebody that's like, I like golf, but like I'm not I'm not into super golf like that. Then I would wait for it to drop below 40 because it is a good game. It is fun. It's missing the pizzazz. It's missing the customization that it needs to really pop and make your character feel fun. But I will say this with the amount of fun that I've had and the times that we've spent together now playing this. Yes, if you're if you're into golf and you're looking for the next golf game, this is the one you should pay $60. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you were a Tiger Woods fan, I think would be my thing. Like, if you liked playing the Tiger Woods games a lot and you played them a decent amount when you bought them, then I would buy this. Yeah, I think this game is is 2K saying we haven't. This is this the first PGA 2K game ever? Yeah, and and I think I that's so. them as a publisher saying we we haven't really done this before. We know there's this team over here in, in HB Studios who has made some good golf games in the past couple of years, and let's let's let them do what they do. Let's see how it sells once we put our big fancy fat name on it and make it a PGA official title, and it is doing very well. Um, so for this to be sort of a stepping off point, which I hope it is, um, it gives me a lot of hope that that next year they do make it a little bit more in depth because they know they can monetize this like crazy. They, they know they can. Um, and now that they do know that, and now that they do know it's going to sell a billion copies, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they slap a lot of new bells and whistles on this for 2K22. Kevin, what's your opinion on price? Uh, I think it is, yeah, worth 60 bucks If you're craving for a golf game, yeah. If you just wanted to try it out. Maybe if you're just com- coming from, like, what is it called? Uh, golf with Friends. And you're thinking something, like, similar, which is not, I mean, like, the, like, gameplay-wise, where you have to hold A and then you, like, go in for the strength. It's nothing like that. So maybe you should wait. It goes down a bit lower. Try it out after that, and uh, I do hope it does get more features in the next one in the next game. But I don't, I don't know. It depends how good sales are for this game because the uh, the WWE games, the wrestling games, uh, years ever since like 2K picked them up, they haven't really changed much in those games. That's that's the one thing that worries worries me about these uh about this game about the PGA Tour 2K games. So if it does, I guess better than the wrestling games, maybe it'll get some better features. This is the first time too; it's it's licensed by 2K and stuff like that. They've been picked up by 2K, so maybe the next game will have more features. But like after that, I don't think there's gonna be anything new. Yeah, I, I would agree with much. that, Kevin. Yeah, because it's not it's not an NBA 2K, you know where. Right. So it's like gangbusters. So, and even if I, I, somebody like me who's played 2K for the past five, six years can tell you, like, seven, 18, 19, and 20 in, in NBA 2K are pretty much, they're all the same game. Like, they're pretty much all the same game. They've changed the dribbling around, they've added a, a few interesting twists here and there. But, um, outside of very small and subtle changes, NBA 2K has been pretty much the same thing for three years um, i would i would i would think next year with pga 2k pga 2k 22 we will see sort of a, a vast leap and then like kevin said i would i would think after that um they, the they, they just do a little bit of fine tuning here and there but yeah i am hopeful that next year because this game is is performing well um that that we do see a lot of new bells and whistles in a deeper progression system in a, and more customization options, more official courses, things like that. So I, I I'm having a great time with this. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's been a while since like a lot of sports games have advanced significantly. Like when um, NHL got like the shot stick 
and the deking system like that definitely Ooh. changed it up but since those kind of advancements in nhl it's been very similar sometimes i feel like the pace of play just changes and it's kind of the same for uh fifa where they added like the skill stick thing where you can do all the moves and then it's just like uh the thing that changes every year seems to be like the difficulty of scoring goals and how fast the players seem to move across the field and at some point you th- you just hope that there's enough competition that it pushes these developers or they get enough time, like maybe another set of people working on it so that they go every two years or whatever. Um, I mean, I'm sure they'll still release every year, but you know, so that they can make a little bit more advancement because to the core gameplay of all of these sports games, I would say very minimal has changed in, in the last six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll definitely, I mean, they're always trying to add stuff in terms of like game features. And it's definitely cool with the Madden and the FIFA, the story modes that they've added. Um, I haven't personally played them because that's not really my thing for sports games. I don't like being put into like weird situations where you're like down a goal or whatever, and then you have to score. But um, it's... I especially with NHL, like they've put, they've put so much time into like their three on three game and stuff. It's like, you guys, there's other stuff to work on around here um, that could use some improvements. So hopefully at some point, some of these games make some advancements, but until then, I think we're going to be stuck on the same track with a lot of the sports games. Yeah. And for me, you, you got to wonder, is that because they've reached the limits of what they're able to do on current gen systems Mm, four years ago? Um, Maybe. And, and maybe when you know we're we're staring down the barrel of of next gen here in less than three months, you know, um, maybe we'll see some big improvements over the next couple of years because they are on new hardware. They do they do realize that they've got some new capabilities, and it'll be for me the the most interesting thing is with these sports titles. And I know we've sort of transformed into a broader conversation here, but um, will they be cross gen? past next year i don't i mean that's that's the question i ask myself a lot is now that they're able to go on new hardware do new things are they gonna continue to to hold themselves back um by by having to make these games playable on a playstation 4 or an xbox one so i would have to assume so right washburn with the player base and the money that they want to make you'd have to assume so right yeah Yeah, i feel like they'll release for a little while just mm because the money yeah, and there and because there are people like me who have to buy it because it has a, a the number is one higher. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. and I know that's wrong. And I and every year I tell myself I'm not gonna do this. Every single year I'm I'm I say no to two K and I try to hold off and then I, I you know I'm a weak willed man and I I've gotta get the ne- the next installment. I just have to. I did the same All thing right. with the wrestling games too, Washburn, so don't worry. I've been buying these basically <laughs> games since 2011. Every I feel like we, have, <laughs> we all have a sport that we end up buying the full-priced version of. Mm-hmm. Mine's usually NHL, I would say. And then I hold off on FIFA for like three months until it goes down to like $30. But we'll get into our ne- next and final game that we played this week. I personally did not play it, but I believe Mike and Kevin Asex did. Battletoads. Oh, snap. We're going to talk about Battletoads? Battletoads. Oh, bro. Let's talk about Battletoads. Rash, pimple, Yo. zits. Dude, Rad- it's radical. <laughs> radical, dude. 
Yo, Battletoads is a good time on the real. Battletoads is a 90s Saturday morning cartoon meets a video game. We all know the Battletoads. They've been around for 20 years. They're finally coming back with Rare and Delala Studios. And man, I, I have to say, you know, I, yeah, I run an Xbox podcast. Yeah, I got a review code from Microsoft. Thank you to them. If anybody's listening out there, now you know, and you can base your judgment off of that. But I'll tell you, I had a really good time. I played it on beginner mode. The first run through took me three hours. It felt like a beautiful, fun, lazy afternoon on a Saturday, watching a cartoon, playing a cartoon. And that was a wrap on it. I think they really did a good job at the animation, the art style, the story, the cutscenes, making these characters come to life and feel like you want to watch more of them. And then on top of that, the gameplay, it wasn't just a beat em up. And I know. Battletoads, people think it's a beat-em-up, but really it's a multi-genre game with different aspects. Everybody thinks of the hover bike, but like, in my personal opinion, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts out there that have some really mixed signals and mixed reviews about this, but like, I personally liked that it wasn't just beat-em-up, right? I liked that it was beat-em-up to a hover bike side-scroller to a, you know, space shoot-em-up and everything in between with different mini-games. I think it's a perfect game for family and friends to sit on the couch and spend an afternoon together. But uh, yeah, Kevin, you, you break my heart or tell me something different, Kevin. Break your heart. I mean, Mike, let me tell you, Microsoft did not provide me a code like you, but I still like this <laughs> game. This game was still fun. Whether well, they gave me to me for, I mean, technically we, we got it with game pass. So yeah, that's a plus on that. But still, I, I really like it. it. It's fun. I like the cheesiness of it. Like you said, it's a Saturday morning cartoon. The levels are fun. I like the that uh, what is it? The bikes. The bike level is kind of hard though. That bike level is pretty hard for me at least. And then everything. I'm I'm halfway through and I'm having a lot of fun time with it. I think it's worth playing it. Even worth. I think it may be worth beating it too. Finish through the whole game. Yeah, I will. I'm, I agree, Kevin. I think you got to see it through and play it through. Uh, it depends on what difficulty you choose. It depends on who you are. If you're playing mm -hmm. solo. If you do have friends on the couch, of course, mind you, there is no online multiplayer, which, yes, I know in 2020, I know in the COVID world that we live in, I know that that's kind of like blasphemy and like that's unacceptable. But we also have to remember, like, this is a small studio that was making this game, right? And maybe their idea wasn't to put it on multiplayer. Maybe they did want you to gather around the couch like it's a Saturday morning cartoon. And I've seen some really good photos, um, you know, coming from the Gamertag radio team. They showed a living room full of kids screaming about Battletoads, everybody having fun. <laughs> and, like, that's their vision. Their vision was for all of you to be around the couch, everybody passing the controller and playing this game together. So, yeah, I am disappointed that I couldn't play with Maddox, Washburn, and Kevin on an online multiplayer stage. But, like, in all honesty, this game was built for us to spend an afternoon on the couch and to have fun. So they killed it on that aspect. I will say... The hover bike, and there's one more level where you're on a alien diplomat's knocked out body, sl like sledding on his body. And they just go on just a little too long. They're fun. They're challenging. They're beautiful levels, but they just go on just a little too long, just a hair too long that I think people mm -hmm. will get some complaints on. But in all honesty, right? Like, I know this is going to sound crazy and people might get after me, but thankfully we're a small podcast and it's just our friends. But like, when you see this game and you do the side-scrolling stuff and you look at the animation and art style, it did remind me of Ori and how beautiful it is. 
right? When you look at Ori, the Will, the Wisp, and the Blind Forest, you go, wow, look at the background, look at the foreground, look at where Ori is, and look at how beautiful all this is in here. That's Battletoads. Battletoads did exactly that for me, at least, of like, I, I'm preaching Saturday morning cartoon. You look in the background, it looks bright colors. It looks like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Up in the foreground, they got different things popping up. And then right there is all the battle toads and stunning color. And like, it's it's pretty wow factor to me to see how beautiful this game is. That's a crazy comparison, man. And I guess I, I for me, I haven't played this game and I my interest level was never really that high because I've never really been a, a you know, battle toads aficionado. But I, I, I think I do need to see more of it because for me, Ori is in contention for game of the year. Like that's that's how much I love that game. Or Orion Will of the Wisp is a ridiculously good game, and I think the animation styles might be different. But if if it's well executed and it fits the tone and it fits the gameplay, then there's nobody who loves a you know a good two D side scroller or old fashioned arcade game as as much as me. But we'll just have to see if if I uh, if I love it as much as you seem to. Yeah, I, I would recommend for you, Washburn, just at least try it, check it out, get put it on beginner so you can play through like half of it and take a look at that art style and look at the 2D moments where it is side scrolling and there's the background, the foreground, and the midground and see how beautiful and how much effort was put into this. It reminds me of Orion. Yeah, we're gonna have people in the comments and like Washburn said, right? That's a big statement. And yes, Ori is beautiful. Ori is one of the best to ever do it. But like to see a small studio like that with a Battletoads name on it, put that much love and care into what they're putting out is really something special to me, at least. I like it. I mean, I wouldn't compare it to Ori, in my opinion, but, I mean, you have Game Pass, just just try it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong yeah. with trying yeah. it, you know? I know yeah. you were just saying, like, you want to watch more, but I'm like, I mean, might as well just try it out. It's not a big file yeah, size game, game so... Yeah. It's not, like, it's not take too much of your time. And then it's on PC, I think, as well, on Game Pass. It's on Xbox Game Pass, so play anywhere anyway now you mind you i'm not comparing it to ori kevin i'm just talking about the art style and the beautiful background well that's what i meant i wouldn't compare yeah. it to that i think ori the, looks even more beautiful than, than yeah you're talking about it in a sense of that it, it goes for a very specific look yeah um and, and i get that but to me that look is not like ori um yeah but i, I understand the comparison in that like battletoads does appear to go for a very defined and, and refined look and feel of a Saturday morning cartoon. I, I would compare it to Cuphead. The way that's, what, that's what my next question was going to be. Like, from a difficulty standpoint to a gameplay standpoint and how that all uh, mixes together with the animation. And uh, I don't know if Battletoads is hand-drawn like Cuphead is, but what, what, what are your comparisons there? Like, do you prefer this over Cuphead? I mean, this is much easier than the Cuphead, that's for sure. Much easier than Cuphead, for sure. <laughs> Not as punishing, less boss battles. Fun animation and art style. Characters you can get behind and sell to family, adults, and kids, for sure. But uh, I would say the barrier to entry is much easier than putting a controller in a kid's hand and saying, play Cuphead, you know? Yeah, that would be for me personally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll say it does feel like Cuphead, like because it does feel like a Saturday morning cartoon, just like Cuphead mm -hmm. did. But I feel like gameplay wise, and I know there's like, there's like special levels where you're on the hover bike and stuff, but it's like Streets of Rage, that type of stuff. 
So it's just it's two D side scrolling. It's not like Streets of, Streets of Rage where you were going up and down. The... But yeah, I, it, it's much easier than the Cuphead. That's for sure. Yeah, I have to give it a shot. I know we've got a lot of games coming out, not this weekend but next weekend. So I'll have to give it a run through before then. It sounds like it's about four or five hours long. Is is that right? What's yeah. the length on this game? That's the word is four or five hours for most. But that's people, what so. I want. That's exactly yeah. what I want out of something like this. Like I said, put it on easy, beat it in two and a half to three hours. That's a little Saturday afternoon. You get to see the game. You get to play it. It's not going to challenge you too much, except for some of those bigger hover bike moments if you're not moving fast enough. But in all honesty, you can play it at any difficulty and just have a blast. All right. Now we're going to get into our battle royale of the week. This week we played Battlefield 5's Firestorm. Uh, Battlefield 5 Firestorm was released uh, a little bit after the release of the full game. Um, It is set in World War II. And uh, there is not really a population playing this video game anymore, is what we have learned. Well, the main video game, yes. The Battle Royale, no. Not so yeah, that's much. what I was going to say, Madoc, is played is, is, a, is a strong term there. Yeah. We, we, uh, we, today we played about two matches. I know you guys probably played a little bit before that. Before that, yeah, I played, played, I played three one or match. four, maybe. Um, and I played one solo. I'm going to look, I'm going to try to look at this objectively and, and not in a sense of, oh, there's nobody playing it, so it sucks. Yeah. Uh, I think objectively, if you look at this game, the Battle Royale specifically, it's not bad. Uh, you you are gonna sit and you are gonna wait, f- you know, for three to five minutes to find in solo queue about fifteen people um, to run these matches on uh, Xbox. But, for the record, yeah, but from just the objective game design standpoint and performance standpoint, gameplay standpoint, it I wouldn't say this is a bad game. There's there's just nobody playing this game. Like that's that's yeah. really what it boils down to. And, it was hard to get an impression. And it yeah, it's impossible for me to sit here and and do a deep dive on this because there's there's nobody there's no population. And, and we we I'm trying to not compare it to when we played Ring of Elysium. But because, it's kind of like that though. Yeah, it, and it's hard not to because it is a, a little bit like that. Um where there's just it's a game that could be a lot more than it is if if uh there was a, a population you know what i mean so yeah yeah it's hard for me to to say much more on it than i i enjoy it there's just there's nobody playing it and that's tough yeah most of my encounters with other humans in this video game was me just getting destroyed pretty quickly um kevin uh had you played it previously at all or i think a little bit maybe yeah we i think it was me mike and was it it might have been earl the squirrel we played for like mm-hmm. a few games and when it first came out yeah when it first came out i don't remember that that rank what is it firestorm having like the objectives you can go mm-hmm. capture because i i don't know i don't i still don't know what that what that is and what, what you get from those well kevin I watched Washburn capture one of those, and it was just like a ton of loot. Yeah, it was really? like high high tier yeah. loot. Yeah, huh? Uh, no. Which didn't matter in the end because <laughs> I haven't played it enough to be good. Yeah, 
and I, I don't know if it, I don't know if that was from the beginning they added that or they added that recently. But I, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember seeing that when we first played it. And when we, I think when we first played it too, I don't think the population was that big. I think, I think mm-hmm. it was decent enough. But yeah, I remember uh, it was. I don't know what happened. We kind of just quit mid game because I think we just gave up at one point. It, it launched. I, I remember, that. Kevin. A kid came out of a bunker with a tank and destroyed us. That's why we quit mid game. I was remember it, it well. It? <laughs> we saw oh, yeah. a bunker. There was some noise coming out of it, oh, and all of a sudden, okay, four yeah. kids came out with a tank and absolutely destroyed us. I which think was they, awesome. Yeah. I think they took out the tanks. <laughs> I don't remember. The big yeah, tank. I think I saw in the promotional. I remember in the promotional material, like there was a way for you to like unlock this bunker and get a tank out of it, and then go run at run over everyone, but. Um, we didn't run into that. We just are bad, and every person we ran into in Firestorm in the past three to four days uh, killed us pretty much immediately. I think I might have gotten one kill in all the games that we played, Kevin. Yeah, I think yeah. for me... Go ahead, kill, Kevin. Right? Yeah, I think it was a kill. I don't remember. Did we get a yeah, kill? I, I got <laughs> one kill. Because he, like, he was in a room, and I just bushwhacked him from the outside of the room. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think yeah. we did. We did. We did get a couple kills one time. Yeah, for me, this game just sparks a, a bigger conversation, and and I don't want to get off topic, but this Battlefield Five didn't perform well. Is is that correct? On, like on Battlefield, f- yeah, the game yeah. itself overall. I think it did uh, critic score. Um. Yeah, I know it came out. There were controversy. Yeah. There was really dumb controversy about yeah. girls being on the cover. Seven point three million copies by the end of twenty eighteen. I think the controversy well, commercial disappointment for Electronic Arts is what it says. Okay, yeah. So, the, so the game didn't perform well. Seven point three is not a great number for for a Battlefield. I, I would yeah. reckon um, they just want it to sell like a lot, a lot because mm-hmm. it's that like their number one shooter on in the EA side. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you talk out... Battlefield, you talk the competition Call of Duty, so it's got to be big. You know what I mean? When we put this game out, it has to compete with Call of Duty, in my mind at least, because it is the only alternative to that military, you know, first-person shooter, and they just tout something different, but they're going up against Call of Duty every time they release it. There's no question. And Battlefield 1 did do pretty well, correct? Yeah. And and I feel like Battlefield 5 came out way too quickly after Battlefield 1. Which is probably why they're still working on whatever the next battlefield is going to be. Yeah, so it scares me to think about future games that we've talked about before that may or may not have a battle royale and the pressure that there is on those games uh, to perform well commercially. And the other, you know, the other conversation piece is the importance of launching with a battle royale. Yeah. Uh, bec- like so, we we went and played multiplayer a bunch today. Me, me, yeah. you, and and Kev, Matt, I can had a really really fun time, and it is populated, and you do get into matches quickly, and there are a lot of people playing that mode because and it's that's a what sixty four player mode. Yeah. For the record. Yeah, and, and the like servers are full. Like, yeah, the servers are full. It runs great. It's fun to play, and it it's just a shame that the battle royale didn't really get its shine because I, I think it is it could be a really really fun time if there was a population so looking forward at, at games that may or may not launch with the battle royale um 
and, and just seeing the importance of that and including that mode on launch is it's something to think about. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting with Bill Maddox. I think with Battlefield Five, it was more of like they were releasing in that window when everyone was realizing how popular Battle Royale could be. So mm-hmm. they like kind of managed to pull together and put this out. Yep. And it wasn't the best experience at the time, which is why the player base was dropped off. Um, I don't think you naturally necessarily have to launch with one. Like clearly Call of Duty did just fine launching also six months after yeah. with their Battle Royale, but I think they had a team working on that battle royale the whole time and probably before the actual game came out. Uh, they just needed the extra time to polish it up and get those 150 player servers running. Mm-hmm. And the Call of Duty's credit, uh, to Modern Warfare's credit specifically, take Warzone out of it, it's still probably the best Call of Duty I've ever played. I mean, Modern yeah, Warfare cool. is a fantastic game. Stellar campaign, awesome multiplayer. All of that is without Warzone. Yeah. Uh so, you know, I'm I'm just looking ahead at Halo, you know what I mean? And yeah. And how also important think... is it going to be for them to watch with the better or to be hugely successful commercially to to be like Call of Duty and put themselves in a position where launching a battle royale, you know, months down the road will pay off for them. I think they if they plan ahead for the next battlefield and it is in a modern setting and there's battle royale off the bat, they could absolutely crush. Yeah, I agree with that. Mike, what were you going to say? No, I agree with that. My question would be, now as we look to the future, right, do they learn their lesson from this and stay away and avoid it completely and say, hey, that's not our niche, we don't need to do that? Or, like you said, Maddox, right, do we now learn from that, like, perfect example, Call of Duty Blackout mode into Call of Duty Warzone, right? Like, that was a great testing ground. We learned from it, and they came out with a killer battle royale Sure, that might be different studios, but that is under the same umbrella. So they're definitely talking. Now you look at it as like, hey, what's the next battlefield? But we know they're probably got to go modern here because the two, you know, time setting ones were great and all, but they're not what the audience wants. They want Battlefield 4 again. Can you come out with a killer battle royale? Is that going to be the move for them? Uh, You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future here for them. That's another year, maybe two years out. We always talk about the Battle Royale craze. Will it drop off? Will it not? Battlefield is ripe for a killer Battle Royale. Set in modern day. Levolution is a big word we love to use here. We love Levolution. We and love Levolution. ever present in this version of Battlefield. And oh it is my God. so cool. In multiplayer, when you see a dude sitting in a window sniping and you take out your rocket launcher and just blow out the whole wall, there, like there's just nothing cooler than that. Like Nothing it is cooler. so, so cool. And I think Mike, to your point, it, it is time for them to strike while the iron's hot by making a modern day battle Royale, because what we see in with call of duty is they're about to go back in time. Yeah. Call of duty is about to go back to the, to the eighties, nineties. And war always feels a little bit more like modern though. And like, Mm -hmm. obviously it's modern, modern, but you have guns that still existed, then you still got your AK-47 and your M-16. So I do think that they're not straying too far into the past. Mm -hmm. That is an interesting one. For me as a general consumer, Washburn, when you bring that up, I get worried about going back in time. Mm -hmm. Because I want the modern guns. I want the modern feel. I don't want to be stuck with the Tommy gun or the Thompson or some weird SMG like back in the day when we used to play World at War and stuff. Like I start worrying when you say, hey, let's go back in time especially with such a killer battle royale right now, 
this is going to be an interesting transition that we talk about over the next couple of weeks and months when this actually does come to fruition of like, what just happened here? Was it for good? Was it for bad? Maybe they don't change anything at all. You know, are mm-hmm. they going to eliminate guns here in the Call of Duty Modern Warfare zone? That's going to be wild, you know? Yeah, I don't I- think that they can eliminate any guns in Warzone because everyone has specific blueprints that are attached to them unless they make blueprints universal. And that seems like a bigger task than because people paid money for all these skins, right? That you can't just be like, hey, we took all that out of the game now. They might just add I, guns into it. Uh, yeah. That's a good point yeah. right there, Maddox. You know what I mean? You can't take the growl out all of a sudden just because it's not in the timepiece, right? Because I paid mm-hmm. money for it. But it, it is going to be an interesting question of like, are we going back in time and are we setting these guns up to be in that time frame and in this video game, right? Because we have another video game coming out. It's not Modern Warfare anymore. It's a new game. What yeah. does this look like? This is going to be wild to see a transition. We've never seen a transition like this in a a, a battle royale like this. And I we're think changing time frames. Yeah, I think the the other wrinkle where, where Battlefield is concerned is Apex. Uh, EA has their killer battle royale. That's true. They could they just release could. like another Battlefield and not really mm-hmm. care about the battle royale. Genre. And I think they would be really smart to do that. I, like I don't see why EA is is looking at themselves saying and they're probably not even saying this because i think they're probably a little bit smarter than to look at themselves and say hey we need a modern day battle royale to compete with warzone because they already have a battle royale that's competing with warzone and that's apex so i think if you're looking at the new battlefield you're saying hey we did really well on the multiplayer suite of battlefield 5 you know people are still playing it it is still a lot of fun it runs super duper well it looks good and let's let's just take that, put it in the modern day, give that to people because there clearly there are people who want it. If we're if we're still filling up sixty four person lobbies two years later, so Ring of Fire itself, you know, um, I think it was just sort of a one off. And and I think like you said, Maddox, they tried to shuffle it out one one battle royale was the new the new hotness in early two thousand eighteen. Um. So yeah, it's. I, I don't really have much else to say on on Ring of Fire specifically. Man, such a good game, great game mechanics, just right for a killer battle royale. And it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. that this wasn't the one. Sure, like Maddox, Maddox put it perfectly. Of like, they came out with this months after launch, right in between the haze of all of the big battle royales, really trying to put a a flag down here. And unfortunately for them, it, it might not have been the one here, but man, oh man, when you look at Battlefield and you think of those big ground warfare 64 and 64 games, you, your mind instantly goes, this would make for a killer battle royale. It just wasn't this one. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it ever Normal be. games have as many players as a whole Apex game, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't think we'll ever see a Battlefield battle royale. With 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 the success of Apex, I I just if I'm EA, I just don't see the point. Like, uh, why are we gonna? Yeah, but I mean, then double down on Apex. I mean, they're they're going crossplay with Apex. Apex is about to have its player base all, you know, interlinked. And I I just don't see them sitting there thinking, hey, let's come out with something modern to compete with Warzone, which is and f- probably will be for the years to come the absolute standard 
uh, I just I just don't see them doing that with Battlefield. I think the thing you're missing here is that those the Apex and the Battlefield sets of consumers don't necessarily overlap and they may not like each other or like people from each community may just be stuck with that one. So they're just seeing, Hey, we have this huge community in battlefield. We could potentially microtransaction the shit out of this and get it going. But the war zone in the battlefield battlefield communities do overlap. Uh, I, I would, I would say like, if you're looking for a modern warfare battle Royale, just go play the modern warfare battle Royale. That is, that is so, so good. So yeah, I mean, I could be totally wrong. Uh, like, but if if I'm sitting here making a prediction, I I just don't think EA comes out with another Battlefield Battle Royale. I just don't see it. There's also potential that whoever's developing it, like maybe the EA higher ups aren't telling them specifically to do it, but they want to do it. So mm-hmm. there's that potential. Uh, Kevin, do you have any final thoughts on Firestorm or Battlefield in general? I kind of wish and hope it's not their last, because if they do make the next Battlefield modern. And have a battle royale. I feel like this next one would be a lot better. But yeah, like you said, I don't know. We have Apex. I don't know if they want to overlap that. I don't know, but it's different player base. I don't know. With Levolution, like yeah, that's that's the key factor too. That that could separate the battlefield battle royale is if you are able to just blow down buildings like you are in multiplayer. Get rid of the campers I mean, like that easily. Yeah. Work. And I mean, if they have like full on levolution, like some of those like buildings toppling over levolution, be pretty yeah. crazy. I would be excited for it too, Kev. Like if 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 they did make a a modern battlefield battle royale, I I I would really be excited about that. But it would have to be killer. I mm-hmm. mean, we're 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 in a post war zone world, and to come out and try to compete with that, you have to be perfect. Not only Warzone, but yeah, Fortnite too, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. That's it. All right. I guess we'll rank this Battle Royale. Our current rankings are at number nine, Cuisine Royale. At number eight, Ring of Elysium. At number seven, Super Animal Royale. At number six, PUBG. Number five, Hyperscape. At number four, Realm Royale. At number three, Fall Guys. At number two, Fortnite. And at number one, Apex Legends. We also have to have a conversation, Mike. Where do you feel like Hyperscape falls on this list? We have it at five below Realm, Fall Guys, Fortnite, and Apex. That was mostly... I like that. It's above PUBG, right? Yeah. Above yeah. PUBG? Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. I like that spot. That's where I would have put it. <laughs> All right, that's then. Where that's a sweet spot. That's a good spot right there. For me, battle, this is an easy spot, too. It goes, it goes right above Ring and right below Super Animal I would agree with that. Yeah, I I, just, I don't think there's any question where this Wait, goes on this list. What'd you say? Above, you read my mind. Above ring, above, above ring, and below above Super Animal, Animal Royale. I put her up above Super Animal Royale. No, no, dude, no way. <laughs> I'm <laughs> joking. I mean, in all honesty, if we really got some great matches out of this, I could see this contending with PUBG. If there was a player base, if we got game after game, yeah. and we really could get our hands on this, because. This was touted as something that was going to be really special. And if you played it in its heyday, it was something a little bit different. But I wonder right now today, if we could get game after game, where this really would rank a little bit higher, if it could. 
Yeah. And I yeah, like it looks worse on the list than it objectively <laughs> is. Yeah. But uh, the problem is there's just nobody playing the game. So it yeah. it's impossible to rank it like on in that sense. In a way now. that in a way that tells you how good the yeah. game is if no one's playing it too. <laughs> if yeah. no one's yeah. playing it then it's not good of a game. Yeah. We na- it would have been nice to get into a 60 player lobby as well. Um I think that's how many people were in this game. Uh yeah. So now we have a full 10 list. Top 10 wow, list. Top 10, top 10. At number 10, Cuisine Royale. At number 9, Ring of Elysium. At number 8, Battlefield 5, Firestorm. At number 7, Super Animal Royale. At number 6, PUBG. Number 5, Hyperscape. Number 4, Realm Royale. Number 3, Fall Guys. At number 2, Fortnite. And at number 1, Apex Legends. Next week, we have decided, with all this hype around Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, we're going back to Black Ops 4. In the battle royale. Here we go. We're gonna check it out. We're gonna see how it plays and what we think of the advancements they made from that to Warzone. I'm sure will be a huge topic of a discussion. I'm telling you, um, I played it recently. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Good, this good. is Kevin's favorite battle royale. When we get into it, get ready for this one, Kevin. I, really? <laughs> I love this one a lot. I mean, it's not as good as Warzone since we played Warzone so much. I like that one more, yeah. but yeah. I can't wait to go back to this. I'm and this week on Wednesday, supposedly in Warzone, they will be showing the trailer or some sort of teaser or blowing up the map with a nuke. Who knows? On Wednesday, so we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss that as well. We'll see what live event they scenario they come up with. I had Twitter open a little while ago, and there was a teaser in uh, Call of Duty League that you may be able to watch the final finals of the call of duty league inside the stadium at some point so i don't know what's going on but it might get wild <laughs> that would be that crazy would be so dope that, that would, would be, be so awesome. dope. i'm just gonna assassinate everyone who's looking at the screen dude let's take off <laughs> yeah take off all guns and kill make it, it a no kill in that zone. arena yeah. bro yeah put us in that arena let's go for it that sounds incredible yeah so we'll get all wait to hear game that. chat on that one huh washburn <laughs> yeah be a special game chat going on in there that's for sure We'll get to all that next week. And until next week, we have over at twitch.tv slash snowbike Mike. Snowbike Mike. We got Washburn at Washburn135 on Twitch and Kevin Asex on Twitch and Instagram. Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. Uh, until next time, Kevin. Calms out. <laughs>